Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and I am back with you once again for episode number 185 of the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is January 22nd, 2024, and I've got one of my Monorail co-pilots waiting in the wings, ready to be introduced. It's Stefferson. Steffers, welcome to the Monorail. How are you doing? Stefferson? Yeah. that. Okay. It just came I'm, to me. I'm good. It came to you in a dream. <laughs> just now. No, in a flash of brilliant inspiration, Stefferson came to mind. Stefferson is me. Yeah. Have you ever gotten that one before? No, I've gotten Stefferino, Stefferoni, Stefferulian. Yeah, no. <laughs> Stefferoni. I like Stefferoni. That's pretty good. I know. It sounds like I'm a Chef Boyardee meal. It does. And... I love Chef Boyardee. I love some SpaghettiOs, but I got to get the SpaghettiOs with the weird tasting meatballs. Those are my favorite. I, At I'm least a, you know they taste weird. Well, I know they taste weird, but it's like, it's a taste that, and I don't know, it may even taste different than it did when like we were kids and well, you're, you know, that was a, a shorter distance when of time we for you. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> you're funny. But still. Yeah. Funny. There's some nostalgia there. I tried to get my kids to eat SpaghettiOs when they were small, and they never liked them, so I would end up like finishing the bowl. So I don't know. I I just don't. I'm not a I'm not a picky eater, Steffers. And me neither. A, a nice big can of of SpaghettiOs sometimes really hits the spot. It's easy to make. You just dump that in a bowl and throw it in the microwave for about two and a half minutes. You're good. Sounds good to me right now, honestly. Oh well, yeah, I'm hungry. We're get, we got to get lunch after this. Yeah. It's good on a cold day. Lunch at 2.16. And it is, it's a balmy uh, 55, 56 degrees outside here in, in Orlando. We've warmed up a little bit. It's been a cold, cold weekend. What have you got? Yep. What are you dealing 30 with? 30-something. 30-something, yeah. That's the high. I think 40 is the high today. I know. Um, it's just we're, we're, we're stuck in this, like, cold snap, and we need to snap out of it. But Oh, I like the bundle to burritos. I don't. I'm I, I'm done with the cold in the house. I don't want to have the heat on, and I want to get out that's there. That's why I live in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this has been long enough. It's been a couple of weeks of cold, and I'm done with it. I'm ready to get back out and uh, experience some some theme parks in more comfortable conditions. Uh, a couple of things I just wanted to say really quickly. I I don't often do this when we start the show, but I feel like maybe we should. This is. A theme park podcast. If you're new to the podcast, if you've never listened to us before, we started as a Disney, predominantly only Disney podcast, but now we talk about all the all the theme parks, especially those in Central Florida. We're a equal opportunity theme park podcast, and I wanted to make that pretty clear. 
There was a, a recent review where the question was asked, isn't this a Disney podcast? Well, sure, but it's also Universal, SeaWorld. We'll talk Bush Gardens. We may talk other things. But uh, just to be clear, it's a theme park podcast, mostly centered on or focused on Central Florida. So welcome to the show. If you're new, if you've never listened to us before, we like to talk about the headlines. We like to give our editorial comments and uh, sometimes we throw in like little tips and tricks or thoughts if you are planning to come down to Central Florida and visit any of the parks. And so I just I wanted to address that. I just felt like it was important to say that. Um, yeah, I say we're a Disney podcast, but we're also a Universal podcast and we're also a SeaWorld podcast. So you're going to get a variety of different headlines and this and today. I have done that once again. I've gathered headlines from those three specific parks that we're going to talk about. And um, you know what? I say we delay no longer. Why don't we jump right in to the news? (laughs) Yes, dreamers of all ages. We've got the headlines from the Central Florida theme parks that you are dying to hear about and hear our thoughts on, I'm sure. Um, We're going to start with Disney because that's where we usually start. And even though the Festival of the Arts is in full swing right now, Disney released their concert series lineup for the Epcot Flower and Garden, or as we call it here on the Monday Morning Monorail podcast, Flogar. The concert lineup has been released. And I got to tell you, we're going to go through it here, but um, I, I, there's a few things that are interesting to me, but a lot of this isn't super exciting. I don't know if you had a chance to run through the list, Steffers, but that was my I first. I did. I was about to ask uh, who half of these people are. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other half of me is going to be like, wow, I actually really want to see like some of these people. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sounds... I'm not sure. This is the thing. I watch a lot of TikToks mm-hmm. and there are a lot of great musicians on there. Yeah. That I've never heard of before. So, like, is this one of those where they're, like, low-key famous and I just haven't heard... Like, they they haven't, like, blown up as much as, like... Or are they completely different genres of music that I just don't listen to? Yeah. I think that a lot of it tends to be these are performers from uh, years past. Um, People that maybe were part of bands in the past that you would have heard of. Or they had their moment. They were like one-hit wonders. Some of them may be like lesser-known artists that are just waiting to blow up. But I think that a majority of them are... They bring these people in for like the nostalgia um, for the older crowds. I don't, I don't think... You know, I don't think they're going to be bringing in like My Chemical Romance or something like that oh, to play at the... <laughs> don't tempt me with a... Okay, simple plan though for for us emo emo kids... Yeah, but also, you know, isn't aren't they punk. like they're in their like mid forties now, aren't they? The Simple Plan kids, like uh, Simple Plan kids. Yeah. Why are you me? Yeah, come on. They're they they're, I'm looking it up. Uh, formed in 1999. Yeah, exactly. That oh. was 25 years ago, Steffers. Yeah, they're 44. Oh, the I, singer's 44. Nailed it. So see, these are. I Listen, mean. <laughs> Plain White Tees I saw in concert in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. See another band that's aged quite a bit. Lit. I'd see Lit. Now, I that's the one of the ones that I'm most excited about. Yeah, new to the Flower and Garden concert lineup this year, Lit, performing May 24th and 25th. Lit, let me just tell you, this was back in the days when Justin was cruising around 
in his little Ford Explorer, and I had a multi-disc changer in that Explorer where the cartridge, it was in the back of the truck. Oh, I had, my parents had one of those. Yeah, so I couldn't just change CDs like as I was driving or have a passenger, which would be much safer, change the CDs while I was driving. Um, so I would have to do it. Like I'd have to think ahead. What do I want to listen to? One of the CDs that I could put in and know I was going to be happy was that lit CD. Oh, I loved that album. So good. I can still listen to all those tracks today. They're still bangers. Really, really excited to to see them. May 24th, 25th. Mark the calendars for that one. Um, Honestly. Yeah. So the concerts are going to go from February 28th, the day before Leap Day, all the way through May 27th. And they'll have three showtimes a day, 5.30, 6.45, and 8 o'clock. And, of course, you can do the thing where you do the dining package, where you go dine at Coral Reef because everybody wants to dine at Coral Reef or one of the better Epcot restaurants. And then you get a access to reserved seating for one of the concerts. You can do that too. I recommend that if it's a band you really want to see or one that you think it's going to be popular because then you don't have to stand in line for like two hours to try to get standby seating. Go do the dining package to get your reserved seating. Plus you're going to be way up front. It'll be a better experience for you. Plus you're going to eat while you're in Epcot anyway. You know, you might as well do it. Um, yeah, so just running down the lineup. These are the new ones. We'll call these out. Modern English, March 15th and 16th, and Crowder, April 7th and 8th. Um, some of the other uh, highlights coming back. Richard Marks, March 3rd and 4th. Rick Springfield, March 10th and 11th. The Commodores, March 17th and 18th. Um, you should know the Commodores. To be hey, honest. nice. Uh, Funkified, April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That'll be while uh, Landon's coming down for his little birthday trip. Maybe he'll go see Funkified. And then, uh, of course, Blue October that will be here yes. April 5th and 6th. Jody Messina. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I, I don't know if she's uh, a, a regular for the Flower and Garden, but that's like a throwback. I think she was there last year. Was she? Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she... Mm, I feel like she was at one of the theme park... Uh, one of the concerts yeah. at the theme park. So I just don't... I feel like I heard her name recently. I believe maybe it. Maybe I'm wrong. I believe it. So she'll be there April uh, 12th and 13th. And then A Flock of Seagulls, April 14th and 15th. So if you go ride Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, you could hear Iran, and then you could go run over to the American Gardens Theater and hear it again. <laughs> Said you can run over after saying Iran. I can't. <laughs> You'd be like, I, I ran to hear them sing. So far away. Yeah, so anyway. far away. The Plain White Tees you mentioned uh, April 19th, 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Four days. That's practically a they're residency. Popular, they're they're popular uh, little returning act, man. What do you mean? Yeah, I know they are. I'm just that's a that's a nice stretch. I think Did I you actually say M80s. I didn't say M80s. April sixteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth. Yeah, they have it like day date, like every day, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every day there'll be somebody in the park playing uh, playing that's a show too much or several. Um, Starship, April 26th, 27th. Herman's Hermits starring Peter Noon. Um, fun fact about Herman Herman's Hermits. That was the first concert that I ever attended. Um, I don't remember it. I was very, very small, but my parents took me to see Herman's Hermits and the Monkees when they came to Knoxville. Um, simple facts. plan. Simple plan. May 10th, 11th, 12th, and 13th. There's to be announced. Now, is that a band name or really they've got two dates that are still to be announced? May 19th three. and 20th. They 20. have three. Uh, to be oh, yeah. May 6th to be announced. May 19th yeah. and 20th to be announced. May 26th and 27th. Okay. So that makes me wonder, is there like a big fish that they're trying to reel in? Maybe not real I big hope. fish. 
but <laughs> I, I would see real big fish in concert. That oh. would be fun. And actually, they they probably fit the demographic of types of bands that they might yeah. bring in. Um, but yeah, I'd so like interesting. To see who's going on tour next year mm-hmm. around this time? Yeah, might be worth a look, and we can do some prognosticating. I would love to see them bring in. It, it would be fun. Like. I guess they, I think they have brought in ska bands in the past, um, but they definitely. This is my thing. A lot of people have never heard of ska, don't know ska, not sure. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if enough people would know ska to show up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would, but. Yeah. Well, I would show up for it and I would be very excited. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a strong lineup, lots of bands and, uh, you know, if you just happen to be in the parks on one of the days the concerts are going on, it's like worth it's worth checking out. I would say, if it's a band that you're not like extremely excited to see, I would say do what I do, which is head over to the America Pavilion around the time that a show is going to be going on. Go to the Regal Eagle Bar, get you a Blackberry Moonshine and a Moon, or I guess they call it oh, a, moon, a Moonshine so good. Moonshine Sour, and. Uh, and just like hang out in that area and listen to the music. Cause you can hear it pretty well. You can kind of like get to a point where you can see over the crowd and see the stage. And if it's not that big a deal to you, take in a couple songs and just kind of enjoy that aspect of the flower and garden festival. That's um, something I didn't do it at Epcot. Honestly, I don't think I've done it. I don't think I've done it at any of the parks, but um, something that I like doing at Disney Springs is just when they have those musical guess like right in front of wine bar is it wine bar george they do I, yeah me and like various people that i've gone to disney springs with we just sit and we just take in a few it's not like too um overstimulating mm-hmm. i get overstimulated especially in crowds so it's not it's it's not overly stimulating it's it's kind of a nice vibe i went like at a time where it wasn't super late night so like there wasn't like people who drink a little bit too much or yeah haven't, you know i i think uh taking in a couple songs is is a good move yeah especially like after you've been at the park all day like give yourself a little breather yeah and if you don't care to see the stage you can grab one of those little picnic tables in the america mm-hmm. pavilion you know maybe you got some barbecue or maybe you went and got a funnel cake which is one of steffer's favorite oh, things to do i love fun <laughs> <laughs> and just hang out there and enjoy enjoy some good atmosphere um I would do that for like Herman's Hermits. I think that would be fun. Just hang out in the area and hear a little bit of their music. And uh, maybe I have some kind of weird recovered memory where I'm like, I saw you when I was like two years old, Um, which would be really fun for me. Having a little, you know, just some sort of a time travel mental trip. I don't know. Back to the future. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Wrong park. Blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say back to the future, but that's still wrong because you're going back. To the Never past, mind. but he—that's what yeah, happened yeah. in Back to the Future. I know, but like it still sounded wrong when I said it. <laughs> Why did they call it Back to the Future if he was going back to the past? Okay, thank you, Jerry Seinfeld. Um, so, Steffers, while we're talking about Flower and Garden, I wanted to yes. mention this mm-hmm. article from Blog Mickey that points out this year Flower and Garden is going to run one month less than it did the last several years. So the article says Walt Disney World has announced the end date for the 2024 Epcot Flower and Garden Festival, and it's ending more than a month earlier than it has in recent years. According to Disney World, the 2024 Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival 
Flogar, will run February 28th to May 27th, 2024. In the post-COVID Disney World era, we saw Flower and Garden Festival run March 3rd through July 5th in 21, March 2nd through July 4th in 22, and March 1st to July 5th in 23. While the festival is starting earlier than normal this year, it's not enough to account for more than a month earlier in date. So they said to find a time frame similar to 24, we had to go back to 2018 when the festival ran from February 28th to May 28th. So a change this drastic has to beg the question, is Disney World preparing to announce a new Epcot summer festival or just taking some time off from the nearly year-round festival lineup? Steffers, what do you think? I think they should have extended farts. Yeah. I think it wouldn't shock me if Disney was trying to add a summer festival. Like, it it wouldn't... I don't know if they necessarily have the bodies to, like, do a whole new thing. You know what I mean? It it would depend on what the theming of the festival would be. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think based off of our discussions, like within the Monorail fam and like everyone we know, I feel and just people I follow on social media, I feel like a lot of people love farts so much that they they, you know, would prefer that to be extended. Mm-hmm. And uh, Flogar, I mean, you could still cut Flogar short, I guess, but extend extend uh, little, little farts on the on the front end there. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I think that that's the move I would make. But they obviously they're not doing it for this year, um, no. but in the future they could. I don't. I know that a lot of people really love the festivals, and they kind of feel like Epcot is a bit dead when the festivals aren't happening. Well, I look at that as a benefit. Uh, it's kind of nice when you get the dead period between the festivals, and you just get regular standard Epcot. But I, summer is prime time when people go. I mean. It's the hottest, but it's also when families, like the kids have school off. It's also like the busiest time. So in my head, either, here's my thought, actually, now that I'm like playing it in my brain. Mm -hmm. They are not going to do a festival during the summer because you're going to go to Disney regardless during the summer months when it's always busy. Mm -hmm. So like, what do they really... This I don't really think this is possible, but like, what do we really have to offer you because you're already already getting Disney Mm -hmm. during their prime time? Correct. Valid. Okay. Or they're they're setting it up for something else, like filling in some time. Yeah. I just, I don't, I am not sure what you're going to make for summer. Like, what would you do for the summer? Is it possible they're just clearing some space so that they can open up Communicore Hall and then that whole remaining section of the world celebration area. I don't know if there's enough time to get all that done by then, but I know, you know, they were doing some exterior theming, theming on Communicore Hall and there's going to be that area where, where there will be a stage and they can do concerts in that area of the new world celebration gardens. So it could be that maybe they're going to use that time to celebrate the, the, like grand opening of the new world celebration, if you know what I mean. That would be a smart. I my thing is is like I just don't. I think taking time off is more likely than a new festival. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it past them for either. I like that makes sense logistically. That makes sense. Like put your time, your energy, your resources into finishing something up, making it you know this big grand thing, 
I think that makes sense. Yeah. I just like everyone already enjoys or maybe they're trying to update stuff and like do something new. But like, I feel like everybody loves the way things have been going, except for the shortness of uh, farts. Yeah. So, like so. food and wine is great. Festival of the holiday. Like all of the, I, I enjoy festival season. However, I, out of all the festivals, the only one that I've been to consistency consistently is festival of the holidays. Mm hmm. But I would love to go back to farts and I would love to do and I've done flower and garden in the past. I think I've I don't know if I've actually ever done farts. I if I've done it, I've only done it once. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna we'll keep have to, saying We'll have to ask Jackson farts. about that. I need to I need <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you, Steffers. Um no, but yeah, it's it's great and I I do think that they could expand it out a little bit. I don't know. Like it's funny. I like that we talk through stuff like this because yeah. when I was when I was just reading the article, like it didn't even occur to me that like oh, you know maybe maybe they are sort of clearing the way to do a grand reopening of Epcot because once they finish that, it will be that's the last piece of that current project that they're doing. So they could say, come to the new Epcot. Everything's open now, and that's what they focus on for a couple months until they start flowering or not flower and garden but food and wine maybe i don't know maybe stay tuned we'll report it here first yeah. uh, and by first i mean first for us <laughs> first after all the other blogs break the news correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> we're, we're not here to break news we're just here to editorialize that's you know comment correct. we give humorous commentary that's what we do uh, but we do come up with really good ideas and thoughts so that's our value that's our value prop um, Steffers, Flower yes. and Garden is great, but you know that probably one of my all-time fa favorite festivals now is Mardi Gras at Universal. Oh, Mardi Gras! If I if I tell if I suggest nothing else to y'all other than going during Christmas time, but like say you can't, Mardi Gras would be well. We're excluding Halloween Horror Nights. That mm -hmm. uh, you can't put that in the same realm. Mardi Gras is I find such a great value and such a like, you know, when you just want to breathe in positivity, mm -hmm. like I feel like Mardi Gras like exudes just like positive vibes and like different food. And it's just a fun time. It is. Yeah, I totally agree. It's 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 a joyous celebration. It's just fun. The music is fun. The food is delicious. Who doesn't like getting beads thrown at them? I mean, without having to show your naughty bits and you get to possibly see some fun concerts. Yep. Um, Mardi Gras this year will run from February 3rd through April 7th, according to this article on InsideUniversal.net, because i uh, got to cite your sources, y'all. Um, I actually saw that they're, they usually do this like a, like a food passport kind of, mm -hmm. not a physical passport, but like kind of breaks down the different places in which uh, they're pulling foods from. Philippines was one of those places, nice. by the way. So I'm, I'm, you know, sensing some ube coming back into the mix. Ooh, and I, I need some lumpia. I don't know if they're going to do all that. Maybe I'll just fly down and I'll make you some. Homemade. Okay. How about that? Agreed. All right. Um, yeah, but the concert lineup they finally announced, I will say, it is so funny. Um, maybe I just don't see it as much in the Disney community, but these uh, universal goers... <laughs> are so like when's the concert lineup coming out like where's the concert lineup it starts blah 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 blah. when it <laughs> so like where is it give it to me now <laughs> they finally dropped it yeah they finally dropped it um february 3rd walker hayes uh fancy like that that whole tiktok trend that was uh, a trend whatever year ago that was 
Uh, All American Rejects. I would see them February 10th. <laughs> yes. L King February 17th. I Casey saw her and the Sunshine year. Band February 18th. You saw L King last I, year? I did. I, she opened for Maggie Rogers at a festival we went oh, to in St. Augustine. Oh, I remember you went to that concert. Yep. I, didn't, I didn't know that she opened. Yep. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Fun fact I have a picture somewhere uh, in the depths of my pictures uh, with, with Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies Woo-hoo! February 24th. I think that they were there last year. I think I think, I think they're making a return. Yeah, I think you're right. And then uh, DJ Khaled, <laughs> March 2nd. And I'm not doing that whole, we the best, you know, whole thing. Ava Max, I've never heard of, but that is March 9th. What? Um, I can't believe that. Am I supposed to know who that is? Yeah. you. I oh. think you would. I, you've I at least heard her music on TikTok probably, but like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It does not look familiar, but your girl will look it up after this recording queen latifah march 10th mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh louis fonsi mm-hmm. march 16th and then zed closing it out on march 17th you always end um, with zed that's how the alphabet oh, ends. i i would love to see zed i went to edc vegas 2015 and that was a year that zed did not attend oh and uh it was really it was really sad um that i didn't see him i will say um if you are an annual pass holder make sure to check blackout date or blockout dates what are they called now blockout i think they're called blockout dates now um so make sure you check those because i know there are some exclusions in terms of concert nights so be mindful of that um oh are they bringing this back it looks like they might bring back the um lanyards don't quote me on this but they had it when i went a couple years ago with uh, theme park rob and cocktail bob um where it's like you spend a hundred and something dollars and you get you know a little bit of value so you can get like 12 different meals or something like that right very good deal um i do recommend if they bring that back to and you're a foodie to invest in yourself yeah yeah so the annual pass uh and seasonal pass holders can get uh, for $120, you get $150 value. That's great. Absolutely take advantage that, of that. There you go. I got one last year. And yeah, I mean, I drink enough Bloody Marys that, you know, I'll burn right through that. But uh, but yeah, it's great. And there's such such a good variety of great food. They listed a few things here. Uh, some fan favorites, fried green tomato po' boy, uh, the beignets, which I wasn't that impressed with last year. Uh, chicken schnitzel, the chili. Chilaquia, Chilaquiles, Chilaquiles Verdes, I think. And, um, oh, but you can't forget that you can get your jambalaya, you can get your craw- crawfish, uh, mm-hmm. you can get etouffee. Like, it's all all the stuff that you would want to get yeah. from a Mardi Gras celebration. Um, oh, so, so good. I We were talking about being hungry. I'm, the, I'm hungry, and I'm going to have, like, I'm going to be hungry until Mardi Gras starts. I just, oh, man. So excited. I also, uh, if you are staying on site, um, various resorts also have some of the offerings. There's a crawfish and andouille sausage egg roll at the Islands Dining Room at Royal Pacific. Mm. There are Mardi Gras empanadas at Amatistas at Sapphire Falls. um, And the jambalaya you can find at the Beach Break Cafe at the Endless Summer Resort Surfside Inn and Suites. And that's just a little teaser. They didn't even list all of the stuff that they have. So, yeah. Um, one thing I thought was pretty exciting too is six new beautifully designed parade floats are going to debut this year inspired by earth, wind, fire, water, the sun, and the moon. 
the new collection of elemental floats will join Universal's traditional lineups of New Orleans-inspired floats. There's one really long one that looks like a gator. That's that's. You want to know a fun fact? Yes. I have been an annual pass holder and attending Universal Orlando Resort since I was a wee, wee, wee little baby. Mm-hmm. I have never, not once, been on a parade float. You haven't? That's I. That is a shock to me, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to do it this year. And I did find out. So they sent the emails out to pass holders to sign up to do the uh, toss the beads and ride the floats. I didn't get that email. I don't know why. Um, but I will say I know that they do a dining thing where you can get you do like a dinner at somewhere in City Walk. I think it also includes like Finnegan's and maybe one other place. And you can do that, and then you also uh, get to ride the float and throw the beads. It's it's relatively inexpensive, and I think there is a pass holder discount for that. So I'll probably end up doing that this year. I wanted to throw beads last year, and then it didn't work out. We missed it. Uh, I signed up for it, and then May and I something happened. We got there late, and we missed it. So I'm gonna I'm hopefully gonna be able to do it this year. But yeah, Steffers, you got to do that. I can't believe you've never done it. That's that's a big surprise. Um, I know. It's a, it's a real tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it is on my bucket list of things to do. One day, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and last year, you could do the thing where if you got in the park, first thing, you could do a virtual, virtual queue. queue. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the day of. So hopefully they'll bring that back this year. I, I, I imagine that they will, but I don't know. We will see. Um, we will see. But yeah, I, I hope you get to do that, Steffers. Me too. Um, so I wanted to talk about, this is something that happened a couple weeks back at this point, but we didn't discuss it. It kind of came and went and we didn't talk about it. And I think this is just more for our discussion more than it is breaking news, but Universal Orlando no longer offers paper park maps at the theme parks. And this was a change that Universal made to try to provide guests with a more digital experience so there are qr codes around the park you can scan them to get the wait times, show times and more of course they want you to mobile order at some of their dining locations you can do the virtual queuing if you you know you definitely need the universal app if you're going it's very similar to going to disney you've got to have the my disney experience app at universal you're going to want to have the app because it gives you the most up-to-date information it's real time it's active and um, you can order drinks, order food, look at show times. All that stuff's great. But I am a person who loves technology, and I embrace technology, and I have no problem with this. However, I also think that park maps have a place and are warranted in theme parks. And it's not just for people who don't want to use their phones. Park maps are a nice little keepsake. I, I actually like when park maps, maps change. I love to get a copy of one. I have a whole drawer full of Disney and Universal park maps. It's a nice thing to go back, and it's like, it's like a little snapshot in time because the park's going to change, attractions are going to change, the designs, they're you know the way they're marketing the park is going to change, and it's so fun to go back and look and see what was important at the time to them, what they featured, and and what's what has changed over time. So I don't know, Steffers. As our resident Universal expert, how do you feel about this change that Universal has made? You know what's funny is uh, Nate tagged me in a in a tweet a couple weeks back yeah. with it saying rumor mm-hmm. Universal getting rid of park maps, and I said they better not. <laughs> or I don't even know what I said, but in my head I said they better not. Yeah, I agree with you. They are a keepsake. I do have some maps 
from many years ago. This is what I will say. Mm, this might be a hot take, but this is what I'm going to say. I 150% understand why they made the park maps digital. As as someone who's gone multiple times, it's not like I even pick one up. But if there is a new one, I do pick it up. If they choose, this is where my problem is going to lie. If they choose during Halloween Horror Nights or s- some special event to not print a map, I think that's really where I will find that I'll be affected because Halloween Horror Nights changes every year. Mm-hmm. There's a new map every year. That is a keepsake that I love every single time getting. Yeah, me too. Whether I use it or not, whether I use my phone to check the wait times, Halloween Horror Night maps, there's just something about them. I can, t- I mean, technology is advancing and like, I'm not surprised, but also like, yeah, this for sure kind of takes a blow to my heart because I am, I am a paper map keepsake girly. Yeah. So yeah, I- I'm interested to see if they bring back maps for Halloween Horror Nights though. I hope they do. I really hope they do because I that would be a massive loss if they don't. Um, and I, you know, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't also mention that there are a lot of people who struggle with technology or just don't like to use oh, their yeah. phones. Hundred percent. I remember before I had a smartphone, like going to theme parks back in the day. I I loved picking up park maps when I got into the park and sort of mapping out. Oh, this is the route we're going to take. This is how we get here. And like, I was really connected to that. I'd put it in my back pocket, pull it out while we're in line. It, you know, it was something I could point to and, and peruse throughout the day. I mean, I still like to do that with parks I'm unfamiliar with, even if they have technology. I, I love to use the old fashioned map to get around the park. And I'll say this too I don't think Universal's app is super user friendly or intuitive. It has, yeah, it it definitely has a lot of room for improvement. So I hope. And that's not to say, it's not to say their app, how do I say this? (laughs) It is great for a lot of things. In general, you can make it work, but I'll open the app. It'll log me out. It'll, uh, it's a little clunky in terms of like getting, you know, an AP discount. or you know checking times for things or you know i don't think it it and maybe going back to how we were talking about disney like are they just taking a break to focus on one thing maybe they're taking away the maps to 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 put all their efforts toward really perfecting their app yeah maybe um but yeah no that i mean i get frustrated with it and i'd like to think i'm pretty solid with technology so that's definitely something that is a con i will say it'll maybe boost more of a likelihood for team members like getting team member help kind of reaching out yeah that's uh, true kind of that interactive element i don't know yeah it could i mean definitely for people i'll tell you this i mean my parents are not capable of going to a theme park without me um but if they did there's no way they'd be able to use their phones to, to get around the park to order food like they just absolutely could not and and I know that that's an extreme example because they're very bad with technology and <laughs> uh, but there are plenty of people who struggle with it enough and not just because of age like it just may be a thing um, that they just you know it, they just don't like using their phones so it, it's just it's a very interesting choice it, it makes me wonder if if you were to go to guest services and say I don't want to use my phone they've got to have like a stash of park maps that they could give out 
like maybe their basic, really basic things um, that they could give out to people. I I would like to test that out or find out. I think Me you too, made a good. Actually. I think you made a good point um, though, because I think that as you force more people to use the app, there's going to be a lot more feedback for things that are broken or not working or or could be more just user friendly. And maybe that does cause Universal to in, improve the app and make enhancements, which would be great. I find it somewhat frustrating to quickly try to open the app and find wait times. Like even that, just for me, um, can sometimes be a pain. I agree. And you know what thought I just had while we were talking this out? Hmm. Epic Universe, are they not going to have some commemorative map or yeah, commemorative yeah. map for oh, when they open? Great question. That's a great question. I I they have to. They would have to. Would they though? Let's see if it let's see if uh the other coast or let's see what other resorts take away their maps. But yeah. I think I think they're I think this is all part of a bigger plan of they're going to really take the time to fix their app and Epic Universe stuff will be implemented in the app. Mm. Okay. Because because you you expect, I, it sounds like, that at Epic Universe, your experience will be much more integrated into the app. Yeah, because on the West Coast with the Mario Land thing, your bands are synced to the app over there, aren't That's, they? Yeah, you're right. That's true. Yeah. So they're I think definitely they're gonna, making that move. I wonder too if they'll have instead of having like the free park maps they give away when you come in, maybe they have commemorative maps you can buy in the shops. That could be a thing that happens. No. Yeah. Um, you know I'm gonna buy it though. I made that noise, but it's like you know I'm gonna buy it. And they know that people will. I mean, yeah. I will say I like Disney does a really good job of when they have like a big grand opening or something, they'll have commemorative maps. Um, I had one for Galaxy's Edge opening day, and it was like it's not your typical park map material. It's like a rigid cardstock, and it's glossy. And I, I actually picked up a few of those. I think I still have like some extras. Um, so I don't know. Maybe they have something for opening day, but maybe not. They don't have to. You're right. They really don't. Yeah. And that's the sad part. Yeah. I mean, I know there's gonna they're gonna save money doing it. I just wonder how much. Like, how big of an expense is park maps? On a on an Over annual time? budget, I just mean in a single year. That'd be interesting to oh. know. Well, also they want to be sustainable and eco friendly, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's more. There's like the environmental impact as well as the financial impact, and I think that balancing the two pros and cons, I think they're finding that they're recycling more than they need. You know, than that, the, yeah. it's worth. Like that could be so. true. Well, here's what I want. If if we if I make it to the park before anybody else, I'll try this out. But if you're going to Universal. Go talk to a team member, like go to guest services, ask them if they have maps, like for people who don't have smartphones. I would love to know. I think that's a fair question because I, I honestly think they if they don't, that's a that's a shame because there there are people who are going to need them and they don't have to make them, you know, put them out there for everybody. But just, you know, um, make them something that you have to ask for kind of like a, a straw. Nowadays, a lot of times you have to ask for a straw to get one. And it's not just given to you um, in the parks. So, you know, something to, something to check into. Oh, wow. More to come. This is it's funny that like the little like things that are like, oh, this is ending like a month earlier. Like, oh, they're getting rid of this. Yeah. Like, really? It it's like a signal, though, for where they're going. Exactly. But There's it's a reason. so subtle. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, wow. 
I know. Something as simple as park maps. Something as simple as just like a festival date changing. Like it's just. There's a reason for everything. And that's why it's yeah, fun it's to, to do things like this podcast. It is so crazy. I love it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do something unprecedented. And we're going to talk about SeaWorld two weeks in a row. Can you believe it? Let's do it. So last week we discussed SeaWorld's plan to open up a resort hotel. Um Project Starboard, 15-story, 500-room hotel with a rooftop terrace, restaurants, meeting space, elevated walkway, connected to the park. Great. Very exciting stuff. And we knew that they had plans for more. Well, they wasted no time in announcing the next hotel. Um, this is coming from another reputable news source, My News 13. This is Spectrum News. Orlando, Florida. SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment is planning to build a second on-site hotel in Orlando. The company last week submitted plans with Orange County for Project Canopy, which calls for a 250-room hotel at the Discovery Cove Resort. Plans show that the hotel would be located near the park's entrance off Central Florida Parkway on 50 acres of property that currently has a parking lot. The proposed hotel would include a restaurant, bar, pool, fitness center, retail space, and nearly 7,000 square feet of meeting space, which is not a lot in the meeting uh, world. Um so this is interesting. So I think of when I think of the 700 room hotel, 750, whatever, um, 500, sorry, 504 room hotel, 15 stories. That to me sounds like I would imagine that's going to be like a moderate type resort in my mind. That's what I'm thinking. So maybe you compare it to something like Grand, Desti- Grand Destino. I- oh, you went Disney. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, that was my first instinct. What would you compare? It no, to? no, no. I Googled. I had a thought right when you had that thought. So I Googled if on the Universal side, Surfside Inn has 750 rooms. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So like picturing that, I thought that that would help a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, that That is helpful. Uh, but I, But I was just thinking in terms of service level as well. I, I would imagine this is not like the 15 story tower. I'm not going to call that a value resort. I would be surprised if that's going to be like a value resort. I think it'll be more moderate. Wouldn't you say? I well, especially with this the, is my thing with direct connection. I don't they're going into new territory. So it's like they're already like pretty value. Mm-hmm. The park in is terms for of sure. like their park. Yeah. So like their hotel has to reflect said value. Yeah. So maybe I was thinking like a Port Orleans kind yeah. of. Well, yeah. And or, that's that's exactly right. Or Caribbean Beach. Or Caribbean Beach. I think that that would be more aligned. I don't think... I'm interested to see what kind of bundles they have with the hotels. Yeah. What about Aventura? Is Aventura considered like a moderate kind of... Or is it premium? Um, on their tier list, yeah. it's on the same tier as Cabana Bay. Okay, so that I believe I would say Aventura. I would yeah, say Aventura. Maybe similar to Aventura. Okay, in well, terms of service, not yeah. in terms of and wherever else we were going with size that. because I, yeah. I do think like value wise, like you can tell there's there's a difference between I think Aventura or even Cabana Bay. I think there's like I feel like it'll be somewhere in between those two. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and where I'm going with this is I'm thinking that this 250 room Discovery Cove Resort is going to be more of like a boutique higher yeah. end resort. That's what I think. Um, it'll be more like of 
because I, I do think of now I haven't been to Discovery Cove. What I know oh, about we should it, go. we should. I would love to. And I, and I think I think of it as being a little more of like a deluxe experience. I mean, it's you get your food included with your ticket. And it sounds like it's a very um, it's almost like doing a, a beach break on a Like if you take a, a cruise and you take an excursion, you go do a beach break at like a beach club. That's what I think of with Discovery Cove. So with a resort kind of associated with it, I would imagine it would be just a little more upscale. And maybe we're not talking like Ritz Carlton Four Seasons, JW Marriott, mm-hmm. but but I just mean a little nicer, a little nicer, a little smaller, and a little more personalized um, than what you'll get at the larger 15 story hotel. In my opinion, could be totally wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. Do we think, um, did we say this in the other one? I'm trying to, are they, do we think that they're going to partner with a major, like how Universal has Lowe's? Right. Yeah. Do we think that maybe they'll do like a Marriott or like, I don't know, something similar kind of vibe and maybe partner with them? Or maybe Hilton? Hilton, uh, I was trying to think of other hotel brands. Yeah. Hilton, Wyndham. Um, could be Wyndham. I don't but know. Disney has Wyndham. Disney does, but Disney also has Marriott. So. <sighs> Of course, it that, does. That's my thought because yeah. I, in my head, like make it so you can, like, if you get points, you can use them in multiple places, and you can and you can use it at this place, kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I also think that there, it's two. When I think two fifty, I'm like split stay. You split your vacation up into different days, and like you stay here for a day or two, and then you move on to a different different kind of vibe and maybe make it like easier that way mm-hmm. it's small so like it, maybe they're anticipating shorter stays i don't know yeah could it could be that's where my thought went it could Boutique be would be cute though i i just think and i, and I imagine that it's going to be like really lushly vegetated mm-hmm. in terms of their gardening and like it's going to be oh. really beautiful i i think that they're going to really knock it out with this one yeah sure but that you know, Steffers, I love that question. I, I would love to know, have they partnered with a hotel development company, management company? And because and, this is SeaWorld's first adventure into resort hotels. So it's it, the fact they don't have that experience. I'd be shocked if they were just like, oh, we're just going to do we're just going to we're going to wing it. <laughs> we so we'll figure it out. SeaWorld has official hotels. Mm-hmm. Double Tree by Hilton. Fairfield. Fairfield. Oh my gosh, words are hard. Fairfield Inn and Suites. Mm-hmm. Hil- uh, it might be Hilton or, or Holiday Inn. Okay. Depending on Holiday how, Inn would be really interesting if that's the way they go. Because the, then- they like because they have official hotel SeaWorld hotels. Yeah. On their website, um, they're like partner hotels because they're right part, there. Yeah, partner hotel. Yeah. So I, it, to me, it's just an interesting thought. I think it's very interesting, and you have the wheels turning in my head now. And you're uh, welcome. And now I, I feel like I'm going to do some research and try to see if I can dig into this. I, in fact, I believe it or not, I've got some uh, connections that I could potentially work with and find an answer to this question, but I will not reveal my sources. Never reveal your sources. That'll take the fun out of it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, more to come there. And that's just exciting. Another big announcement from SeaWorld. They continue to make a splash in the central Florida, (laughs) um, in the central Florida news cycle. Um, And, you know, this is something that we we didn't talk about. This is this is not a new announcement, but I just thought this was kind of cool. And reading about it today, I wanted to mention it. Aquatica. People love Aquatica. I've never been to Aquatica. Oh, you need to go to Aquatica. 
I would like to go. I hear it's great. I hear it's like a, it's like om like second tier to Volcano Bay for me. Yeah. Okay. I love Aquatica. Well, I'll I would definitely like to check it out. And this announcement has me even more interested. They announced that they're going to be adding a slide called Tassie's Underwater Twist, uh, which will take riders through Australia's Shark Bay Seagrass Meadow. Riders will be on a two-person inner tube and travel through 129-foot-long slide, which will also feature a bowl element. Once inside the bowl, riders will be surrounded by lush seagrass meadows, schools of fish, and even the occasional shark. The attraction will fe- feature a synchronized video display where, where projections will create the underwater world while an orchestral score plays throughout. How come I can't say um, underwater world, but I can say orchestral? Or where? <laughs> I was struggling, world I was struggling with where, but I can say orchestral. I, b- I believe in you. You did it. This sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it'll also have a little educational component that shows writers the importance of seagrass meadows. So we love edutainment. We do. And this is something you don't normally see at your conventional water park. So a little immersive experience. So good on you, SeaWorld and Aquatica. Sounds very exciting. I'm interested. So the Disney Cruise Line, one of the cruise ships, has that that new slide. Mm-hmm. They have like projections in that too, don't they? I think or so. No? Yeah, I think they do. Yes. I'm in. Like I don't. Words are hard. <laughs> I wonder if this is the direction water parks are going to go in now. Yeah, making them more like making the slides more immersive and more like theme park attractions. Maybe. Yeah, could be. It could be. I, I feel like you, you almost, if you go to a high-end water park nowadays, you expect them to have like a water coaster, which is something that didn't exist years ago. Um, but Dollywood Splash Country has a good water coaster. I know Volcano Bay has one, if not, do they have two water coasters? I know they have one. Where? One. At, at Volcano Bay. Yeah. One. If you've never done those, those are really fun. Um, really so interesting. Fun. Yeah. It's it, it's unusual to be on a water slide and be shot uphill while you're on the yeah. on the slide. But that's For fun. For sure. Um I would like to circle back yes. to our universal map discussion. Yes. They are gone. Mhm. There's a potential for having some like tearaway maps, but maps paper maps are no longer a thing. Yeah. See, that's what I wonder. Like, I almost picture it. You know, when you go to the lobby of a of a hotel, sometimes they'll have like a little paper map that they put up and they yes. say, here's the property. And they circle like, here's where the restaurant is. Here's the pool. Your room number like is the this. touristy places where yeah. they like. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I just wonder if maybe they, they will have some, a limited amount of those that if you don't have access to a smart device, you can go up and they'll be like, yep. OK, old timer. Here you go. Here's where E.T. is. Here's where you can go see minions. I don't know. tracks yeah so oh that's interesting thank you for the for following up and uh i still i'm gonna do more embedded oh yeah yeah, yeah. i i'm sure this will be a fluid thing but that's just the uh hot off the press answer very good we love breaking news here in the monday morning monorail podcast but for today that's all the breaking news we had i mean nice and tidy today and i I mean when we don't have landon we really get through this stuff quick (laughs) for for those of you wondering landon has not been kicked off the show he just got snowed into the radio station and he's been going through it (laughs) that poor guy we miss you we love you we do miss you landon Don't, don't get snowed 
be safe. Hopefully you'll be back with us next week. But uh, sorry, I, maybe he wanted to break the news of his exciting birthday trip uh, himself. But That's I, all we got. But I broke we, we it. We didn't give any specifics. <laughs> we didn't say who, what, when, where, why. That's true. Um, excited for Landon to get back down here soon, though. And um, mm-hmm. also excited for him to be not snowed in in Knoxville, Tennessee. So he'll be back next week. Don't worry. And if, yeah, if you if you want to check on him, check in with him, let him know that you miss him. You can do that. He's at L-A-N-D-O-Z on Twitter. And I would have done his whole song. I I can't steal his gimmick. I just can't do it. Is it stealing if he's not here? It's really just filling in. It's a substitution. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) that's a good point. Forget it. Um, He's Dawes does Disney on Instagram. You can you can hit him up either place. Steffers, how about you? Where are you at? Um, at Adventures with Steffers on Instagram and TikTok, and it's Steffers on the tweets. I'm gonna keep calling it the tweets. The tweets, and I am Justin underscore Monorail on all of the things. I actually on TikTok last week put out a little preview of episode 184, just chatting with the TikTok people, letting them know what was coming to the morning Monorail. So I think I'll do that again today. I think I got That's some fun. good got some new f- good feedback on that. Got a lot of views, so we'll probably do that again today. Um, but if you want to specifically follow the show's social medias, it's Morning Monorail. Any place that exists at Morning Monorail, you can send us emails Monday Morning Monorail Podcast at gmail dot com, and uh, you could leave us reviews too. We love we love the good ones. And also keep in mind we're not just a Disney podcast. If you make a review, I would appreciate that. Primarily Disney, of course. That's where we started. That's where our roots are. We are a monorail, but we talk about all sorts of things. So we like to have diverse opinions, diverse ideas, diverse viewpoints. And share like all the offerings that Central Florida has because uh, a lot of the parks are stepping up their game. Yeah. Also, one thing that's key to remember when you're reviewing a podcast about theme parks, we're talking about theme parks here. It's not life or death. Let's have some fun. That's what we're. That's all we're trying to do. Have some fun and entertain. So if you're having fun and you're entertained, we appreciate you. Thank you for being part of the Monday Morning Monorail family. We love you all so much. Thanks for interacting with us, Monday Morning Monorail fam, on the Facebook group. We've got a Discord. We got so many things going on. All you have to do is reach out. Let me know if there's something you can't find or something you want to be a part of, and I will help you out. But until then. Thank a cast member, thank a team member, be excellent to each other, and party on, dudes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.